0: Hi, it's Ben Modell. I've been doing my silent film music podcast on and off since 2012. And, well, a few years ago, the first eight episodes of my podcast went poof. Well, I still have the audio files. It's just that episodes one through eight were suddenly unavailable and no longer appeared in the show feed or online. And I have absolutely no idea why or how this happened. Some people who listen to the Silent Film Music Podcast have written to me and let me know they're interested in hearing these earlier episodes, and I think that's great. So, instead of furrowing my brow and taxing my gray matter, trying to troubleshoot what happened, and trying to fix it, I'm just reposting each of these eight early episodes one at a time. Now, keep in mind as you listen to them, they were recorded several years ago, and now here is episode seven of the Silent Film Music Podcast with Ben Modell, originally posted January 21 of 2015. I talk about accompanying the silent film of Peter Pan, and in particular the sequence where Peter saves Tinkerbell. I discuss the use of ragtime or not in accompanying silent films and silent comedies. I talk about accompanying the murder scene in Alfred Hitchcock's Blackmail and how I handled it. You'll hear a little bit of that as well. And now here is Episode 7 of the Silent Film Music Podcast, originally posted January 21 of 2015. This is Ben Modell, silent film accompanist and historian, welcoming you to the Silent Film Music Podcast. This is episode 7 for air or posting in January 2015. If you're just finding the podcast, thanks for surfing on in. If you're a subscriber or had listened to before, thanks for coming back. If you first found the podcast when I started it in 2012... And have just hung in there. Thank you for hanging in there. I'd like to give a shout out to Kendra Leonard. And SIFSMA. Or the silent film Sound and Music Archive. Which Kendra uh, started and runs. Kendra is my partner in crime on this podcast. I'd really dropped the ball about a year and a half ago. Unable to pick it up for whatever reason. And if it was not for the time... Kindness, effort, work, and generosity of Kendra Leonard, you would be hearing something else right now. And by working together on this, we ought to be able to keep the podcast going on a regular basis. SIFSMA, or www.sfsma.org, is a wonderful online resource for anyone looking for or researching vintage silent film music. It's a place where you can search for and download photo play or mood music cues published in the silent film era for motion picture accompaniment, as well as cue sheets, full scores, and silent era instruction books on how to accompany movies or to how to play the organ. Until Kendra launched this, this sort of stuff was available for anyone who could get themselves to a library that had a special collection that included this stuff uh, or were able to from a distance pay money to have a staffer scan the music for you so it's it's really great that this stuff is now finally coming online for people to have it this stuff was freely available in the 1920s and before Um, it should be available again now and it's really really uh, wonderful i'd like to apologize for the last episode uh, well, for it being so darn long. Uh, usually the, the, the podcast is a little bit under half an hour. Um, but I had a lot of catching up to do, and uh, I'll try to stick to that, that running time. We'll start off with a recap of what I've done uh, covering December of 2014. Um, well, right off the bat, we, uh, we showed Peter Pan at the Silent Clowns film series, which I also produce here in New York. Uh, We do our shows at the Library for the Performing Arts, which is at Lincoln Center. And the LPA has a wonderful collection of 16mm films from the silent era all the way through the 70s or in the 80s and maybe even beyond. And it does include a beautiful tinted 16mm print of The Restoration of Peter Pan. And our audience just ate this film up and it went over really, really well, and we showed it. Uh, Bruce Lawton, who programs the films and is our historian as well as Steve Massa, is uh, Bruce programmed it because it was a tw- in the 90th anniversary of the film's release. I don't understand why more uh, venues around the country don't show uh, Peter Pan on a on an annual basis in December. In terms of the the charm and heart and family theme, it really is the closest. Th- Closest thing to it's a wonderful life as you can get from from the silent film era, and uh, I, I hope anyone listening who's involved with the theater uh, agrees with me and encourages uh, the theater you 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 know or work at to do this. Um, somebody should start. A lot of people should start showing Peter Pan every year at holiday time. It's such a wonderful picture. Um, it is available on DVD. You know, license it. Um, Or I I believe there are prints available in 35 uh, available either from Keno or from Eastman House. Uh, Also, uh, in December, I accompanied a program of the newly restored Chaplin Mutual Comedies at the Cinema Arts Center. Now, the Cinema Arts Center uh, is an art cinema on Long Island in, in a town called Huntington. It's about an hour outside of New York City. And they've got three screens and they've been around since the 1970s um uh, amazingly enough their their original silent film accompanist Harry Weiss uh, is still alive and well at age 97 and uh, ideally will turn 98 in March of 2015 I'm in touch with Harry uh, a few years ago I I flew up to Maine to meet him and we did a show together we talked by phone he he's, uh, he's sharp as a tack and full of energy and he you know he keeps tabs on me on uh, on Facebook Um, and he's recorded a couple of CDs of of music of himself playing standards uh, by plugging his keyboard into his computer, which is just really, really impressive to me that he's still coming up with projects and staying busy. I also got to play for a couple of uh, programs that weren't open to the general public at the Library of Congress down in Culpeper. I was down there for almost a week doing some research and, and archival work um, with that I can't talk about right now, but you'll hear about it at the beginning of 2015 at some point. While I was down there, as it turned out, uh, the LOC's annual holiday party happened, and the holiday party always starts off with a, a screening of materials that have been worked on over the year by the Motion Picture Broadcast and Recorded Sound Department, so there were... Uh, th- things from radio programs, uh, television programs, and then the film department showed a short comedy from 1912 called The Skeleton, which features the Powers kids. Now, some of you may remember seeing a film called Engines. Uh, Steve Massa and I have programmed it in a couple of places, and it's a film that the Library of Congress has, also starring the Powers kids. It was a series of films with these two little, oh, I guess brats is... Politically incorrect, but these two little kids who basically torture and pull the same, this awful prank on somebody over and over. Um, in engines, they tie up the the elderly grandpa who's supposed to be watching them and then sets fire to it. And uh, he almost, you can see that they, they forgot to pull the tree out of the ground and replant it because it has a hard time escaping the fire. In the skeleton, um, these little kids find. A a a actual skeleton and just scare the heck out of a whole bunch of different people. Uh, so you know, a fun, fun little fun little film. Um, so it's always always you know as it, I happened to be down there, they were going to show something. I was happy to to volunteer to play for something for the staff. They've been so good uh, to me over the past year, uh, twenty fourteen. Not only my my getting to play down there five or six times. Uh, including during mostly lost, but I, you know, I mentioned in the previous podcast. I, I now have a, a, a co-branding agreement to help put out DVDs of films that are in the collection at the library. Well, here's, here's our first musical clip, and here is uh, a section of my live performance recording of from me accompanying Peter Pan at the Silent Clowns Film Series. I've recorded this in stereo with my Zoom H4 recorder placed on the music rack, just to the right of where the music would sit, pointing into the piano, which is a Steinway D, uh, with the lid up on a short stick. This is a section uh, where Tinkerbell uh, gets poisoned and Peter Pan looking into the camera and, in an intertitle 90 years ago, implores us to applaud to save Tinkerbell's life. Here it is, live in performance at the Silent Clients Film Series, yours truly on a Steinway D, accompanying Peter Pan. Live in performance at the Bruno Walter Auditorium at the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts. Yours truly, playing a Steinway Grand Piano, accompanying Peter Pan, live in performance. Now it's time for a segment I like to call Rules of the Game. Some of the do's and don'ts about what I do and why. I may not be right, you may disagree, you may agree, but this is a bit of my philosophy on what I play or what I don't. And I wanted to talk about the use of ragtime. It's a sound that most people, as a knee-jerk reaction, think of when they think of silent movies. And I've often wondered why this is. Why is ragtime music often associated with silent movies? And it goes way back before YouTube, and I say that because, my goodness, if I see one more silent movie with a public domain uh, recording of, of uh, piano rolls of Scott Joplin or Jelly Roll Morton, I'm going to jump out the window. Um, it's, it's quite possible. In there, there are so many uh, myths or stereotypes about silent movies that are not even true, but have been uh, repeated endlessly, decade after decade, so that most people it's what they they think of initially when you tell them oh i play b- piano for silent movies oh yes you know uh, you, you know when the train is coming and the girl's tied to the tracks you played that da, and uh, you know keystone cops having pie fights um, there are no pie fights in silent movies uh, uh, with the exception of battle of the century which was done as a spoof of them but i i've seen a lot of silent movies i've talked to brent walker who literally wrote the book on keystone comedy shorts and you know he, he you know brent said there, there's more bricks thrown than pies and in, 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 in keystone films it's one of those stereotypes and tying women to railroad tracks really comes from stage melodrama when you see it in old movies it's it's, it's done as a spoof of that so the use of ragtime to be to be accompaniment especially for comedy shorts uh, may very well have come from the, the use of it uh, in showing silent movies on television and the need to throw something on the soundtrack. And most people, I, my theory is that people remember upright pianos. Um, and I find that when I do shows and people come up to me and say, my grandma, my great uncle, whoever played for films, it's always a piano. And so this collective memory of a piano and, you know, rinky-tink upright uh, it comes to mind, and and the thing to me is that ragtime music sounds like what silent comedy looks like. The problem with sticking ragtime on as accompaniment for silent comedy is that it, it it's overkill. Um, I don't know what it is. Stride kind of works better, um, but uh, ragtime, as as in Scott Joplin, Joseph Lamb, James Scott. Teens Ragtime. Um, it's a it's a, it's a little it's a little busy. I find it, sometimes it can work. There's some places where it can work. Uh, but the the thing that I found interesting in you know going back to the 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 idea of uh, looking at the music that was composed and published for film accompaniment uh, in doing research on a book I was hired to w- uh, work on uh, of film music from the silent film era some years ago. I looked at a number of different collections uh, of, of this music. In, in, in every single case, it really looked like somebody went in in 1930 and scooped up everything in the pit or in the, the theater's library and stuffed it into steamer trunks until it wound up in a library. And you see a collection of 1,200 pieces of music, a collection of 800 pieces of music. There's a, the small collection I have that's around 360 pieces. There's no ragtime. There are one steps and two steps and foxtrots or whatever, but you you don't see the Maple Leaf rag in a lot of these collections and um uh, you know, Wolverine Blues and, and uh King Porter Stomp and uh, any other Scotch and stuff. It's 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 you know, it's not what people were were really hearing to a great degree. I mean of course there are gonna be ex- exceptions here and there, but it's something you don't in, uh, you know, wasn't used then, and I, 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 when I tried using it, it doesn't really. It just feels like it's, it's just too. There's just it's just too much, and it's too busy, especially on top of the the amount of action that happens in a silent comedy film. So I, I'll, I'll I have found that there are some places where, uh, the stride feel will certainly work, uh, and maybe the slow feel of ragtime stride has has, has more jazzy feel. Um, and if you're playing stride and fluctuate the tempo or chord progressions to match the on-screen action in comedy, it can work as long as it doesn't wear out, it's welcome. And just so you don't think all I do is play for comedy shorts, because a lot of people assume that's all I do, um, here's here's a live performance recording of yours truly accompanying Alfred Hitchcock's Blackmail. If you haven't seen the silent version, do check it out. A lot of people who've seen Blackmail have seen the sound version. The silent version is not the sound version with titles. It's, it's a ver- it's a rather different film from the sound version. And we showed this, uh, Bruce Lawton and I, at the Alton Theater in McLean, Virginia, at a show in October of 2014. Um it's it's a very eerie and atmospheric film and uh unlike a lot of the other uh Hitchcock silence with the exception of the lodger it, it does look like his later work now the section you're going to hear is the the scene with the murder in it and there's two ways of going about accompanying this one is to set up the suspense of what's going to happen you know a couple minutes in you know he uh, the 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 guy has the the young woman up in his apartment and, you know, he's going to, you know, there's a murder that's going to happen. And so you can uh, underscore with uh, menacing uh, music or whatever. But as I, you know, sometimes things occur to me during the show and I wasn't really sure how I was going to go with it on on, uh, during the show. And it occurred to me while I'm playing that, you know. The reality of the of the film is that we're, we're at this point we are following the woman and so she thinks she's on a date and that's all she knows and up to the moment things go south real quick uh it does seem like a you know typical nice little like innocent date and so that's the way i i chose uh to cover it and then uh just v- only when we see her you know have one eyebrow up and, and being a little concerned. Uh, sneak in a little, uh, a, a little suspicion, but uh, but to keep it light because that's what she thinks is going on. And often, this is the thing I, I often will consider is what is the reality of the scene that's already going on a, a, as a way to choose uh, musical underscore. Uh, as opposed to just saying, well, it's a Hitchcock film, you know, when someone we're about four reels in somebody's going to get killed. Um, to, to, to not to foreshadow it but because the murder does come out of nowhere um, to have the music work the same way so here is again with my Zoom H4 recorder placed in the same place on the music rack just to the right of where the music would be playing a Steinway A piano at the Alden Theater in McLean, Virginia live in performance from October 2014 here's yours truly accompanying the silent film of blackmail in performance at the Alden Theater in McLean, Virginia, just inside the Beltway. Yours truly accompanying Alfred Hitchcock's silent version of Blackmail, playing a beautiful Steinway A piano in their theater. We do our shows there in 16mm. One of the wonderful things about doing this series, this is like the fourth year Bruce and I've been there doing three or four shows a year. Is when uh, when Sal- Sarah Schaller co- first contacted me about doing uh, the series there, and we were talking about being able to present in video because they have video projection that's actually quite good. But I, I, you know, I pitched the Bruce and Ben show, and I said we, you know, we can show up with sixteen millimeter projectors and show the film that way. And Bruce really has the best prints that are in sixteen. We're not just pulling rental prints or whatever, but if Bruce shows a 16 print, you know it's probably the, the best thing you can get your hands on in that format. And they were absolutely up for it. Yes, oh, what a great idea. So really, we've been presenting every time on 16 millimeter, and it looks great on their screen. So if you're in the D.C. area, come on down, because in February 2015, we are doing a program of... Uh, of a Western program, we're going to be showing William S. Hart in The Tollgate. And uh, Hart's films do not get shown enough. Um, There was a a series of them over the course of a uh, a couple of weeks or a a month at the Museum of the Moving Image here in New York uh, some years ago. Um, But, uh, you know, he really was uh, like the Clint Eastwood of silent movies and was a wonderful director and uh, more of his films really need to be uh, seen more. So if you are in the D.C. area or the Fairfax, uh, Virginia area, do get yourself to the McLean uh, Community Center's Alden Theater. Also coming up in uh, in February 2015, if you are in Boise or in Driving Distance of Boise. Go to the website for the Boise Philharmonic and look for their Musical Movies program. The orchestra will be accompanying Cops and The Adventurer with my orchestral scores, and I'll be there accompanying a couple of shorts on the Robert Morton theater organ at the egyptian theater now this is a 1927 egyptian style movie theater that's been restored and it has its original installation robert morton theater organ in it um and we we do this every year i've been doing something with the boise philharmonic uh, almost annually for almost about 10 years or so and uh you know, whenever I go, they, they they thank me for coming, and it's such a great thing that I'm there. And I said, and I always say, I can't do this in New York. We don't have a movie palace with a theater organ and with an orchestra that we can bring in, and we fill the place, and we pack the place. It's like 700 seats, and and uh, work with you know present to students and everything. So anyway, look for that. That is going to be on uh, in the first week, first Friday in February. Um, If you are listening to this in January and live in New York City, come see Everybody Gets Cake, a new show from Parallel Exit, the physical comedy theater group. I'll be uh, accompanying them live at most of the shows uh, using a score that I'll be creating. The Silent Clowns film series uh, throughout 2015 from February through the summer, our, our monthly shows will be saluting the Hal Roach Studios Uh, which are celebrating their their centennial with a variety of different shorts programs. So do check us out. We do our shows in 16mm and uh, 35mm at the Bruno Walter. And in January, at the end of January, we will see the release, finally, of the Marcel Perez Collection DVD and a book called Marcel Perez, the International Mirth Maker, both of which are productions of my company, Undercrank Productions, and we're funded through Kickstarter uh, by fans, hopefully, like you. I will probably do another Kickstarter or two in 2015 to get something rare and exciting out uh, for everyone to enjoy. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you're still there, if you're listening to this in your car, make a left. Um,. Thank you, Kendra Leonard, and thank you, SIFSMA, or the Silent Film Sound and Music Archive, which is at www.sfsma.org. Thank you, Kendra, for your dedication and your enthusiasm uh, in helping me keep this going by doing a great deal of the electronic and audio work on this. Everybody who is listening, I please implore you, Try posting a review on iTunes and see if it sticks. And like I said at the top of the show, if you post an, uh, a review on iTunes and it gets posted and it appears, tell us, wh- tell me what you did. Send me an email. Send me a tweet. Uh, let let me know how you got it right. and I'll, I'll tell everybody else. And do help spread the word about the podcast. If you think, gee whiz, this is great. I bet other people would like to hear it. Post a link. Say something nice about this. It goes for me. If you live in Michigan or Texas and you go to a silent film show that's part of a series, the best thing you can do is, after you leave the show, is go home and post something nice about it with a link. As audience members, we are the ones who can really be in charge of advertising stuff and making stuff known. It's wonderful to get an article in the New York Times or something on CBS Sunday Morning, uh, but it's really the grassroots uh, social media thing. That's really what something we can all do. When you're done with this, uh, do go onto Facebook or Twitter. Um, you want to post a picture on Instagram of your your MP3 player. Uh, whatever you want to, whatever you want to do, say something nice about the podcast and let people know how they can hear it. The Silent Film Music Podcast is copyright 2015 by Ben Modell. All rights reserved. That means you, both uh, what I'm saying and any music you've heard is uh, copyright 2015 by Ben Modell. Follow me on Twitter at at SilentFilmmusic. Check my website at SilentFilmmusic.com and you can find me on Facebook as well. I'm on Instagram at Undercrank. And I uh, there's probably some other way of finding me online. Thank you for listening. This is Ben Modell for the Silent Film Music Podcast saying, I'll see you at the silence. You've been listening to a reposting of Episode 7 of the Silent Film Music Podcast with Ben Modell, which was originally posted January 21 of 2015. Thanks for listening.